The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. The morning after the season's first big Wednesday, it's always exhausting. You got to stay up late. You got to find out everything that's going on. You got to make sure that you made all the moves in your league. And you probably still missed something. What's happening, everybody? This is Fantasy NBA Today. I am Dan Vesper. Still, if you can believe this, not in 100% healthy. I'm hoping that by tomorrow's show, we're back and cooking again. But I do, at the very least, even if the voice doesn't sound right, I'm still going full Selma Bouvier over here. At least I feel a little bit better. Don't sound better, feel better, whatever. Take what I can get at this point. Uh, big Wednesday in the books. It was a fun one. 11 games on Wednesday night. We finally got our full, real taste of the NBA. We had a lot of homework assignments from yesterday's podcast. And we'll obviously cover those as we work our way through the results from that first big Wednesday. A light Thursday with three games. A chat with Coach as we round out our DFS offerings here at Fantasy NBA Today and at HoopBall in general. And that's kind of the way things go right now. We're going to classify guys in different categories. Is a guy someone you have to race out and pick up? Is it someone you're going to be watching? How does this function depending on what league you're in? We, there's only so many specifics we can get into on uh, a podcast. You know, you can't say, well, you know, 10 team, 12 team, 14, 16, whatever. Um, and then, it, you know, again, it's the magic of small sample size at this point. We have to try to figure out what's real, what's not. And as I've said before, for me, a lot of it comes down to minutes. Usage in those minutes is great, but just the minutes themselves are enough to kind of make a difference. If you're on the floor, you get a chance. Uh, I mentioned on yesterday's podcast that I strongly was considering betting on Minnesota. I ultimately did not, but that would have been a good one. Um, Charlotte got one of their only wins they'll get all year. Home openers, man. They are a screwy one. Cleveland is terrible, as we expected. Detroit, without Blake Griffin, mondo game from Andre Drummond, who I've been preaching pretty hard this year, and that's a nice start for it. The, I think the stuff we really want to focus on, and we'll go through all of this piece by piece, step by step, but a lot of it is going to be buy lows, sell highs, small sample size stuff. What can we expect from the key names? We've got a box score breakdown show. If you want to listen to that, you can get every single number from every single game. They'll tell you all the stuff that happened on Wednesday night. We're focusing on the big things, the things that will create an impact immediately, generally in standard 12-team, nine-category leagues. That's how we operate on this thing. Right at the outset here, of course, got to tell you guys, this is Fantasy NBA Today. I'm Dan Baspers, at Dan Baspers on Twitter, or just search for Dan from HoopBall. We figured that thing out last week, and I think it's been helpful for everyone. Game Time Premium, go get it now. I'm telling you right at the outset of today's show because these live shows are outstanding. Neil and JC did a wonderful job last night taking questions in the forum and in the live show, in the chat room, just on all the stuff going on. This is when you've got so many questions about what you should be doing with your fantasy team. So check that out, hoop-ball.com. Click on the Premium tab, choose Buy Game Time Premium, and use the coupon code DOC, D-O-C, for $3.50 off of your purchase. DOC, D-O-C, is the coupon code. Again, that is courtesy of our uh, appearance on, what was that? Was that Monday show? Tuesday show with the great Dr. A. Or you can use one of the old coupons. I don't care. Whatever coupon you want, use it. Get a couple of bucks off of something that you're buying. So Wednesday. Let's just dive right into it. One of the teams that I had us watching was Charlotte, and I'm glad we did. I didn't really have us watching Chicago, and I'm kind of upset we didn't. Now, obviously, we were able to check it out because they were all part of the same basketball game. Uh, but on the Chicago side, Thad Young was actually pretty good in his Bulls debut. One of the better Bulls, frankly. Zach Levine played 30 minutes, Markin in 34. Those were the team high guys. Wendell Carter Jr., 29. Otto Porter, 28. And, you know, if he was a little bit more efficient, it would have been a better ball game. But Markin was everywhere, 35 and 17. That is pretty good. But Kobe White played 27 minutes. He was 
probably the best guard they had on the floor in yesterday's game. So he saw some extra playing time. And Tomas Sadoransky suffered as a result of that. You're not dropping Sadoransky after one bad game. He's a low-usage guy anyway, so there will be nights where he just isn't involved, and he's the new guy. He's among a couple of them, I guess. So no, don't bail out on that. Uh, a lot of people are going to be picking up Kobe White. I don't think that I would. Uh, it's coming off the bench. I don't know that he's playing 27 minutes in every single ball game, and this was obviously one of the big ones. But on the Charlotte side, so again, no big changes on the Bulls' radar for me. And most of their key guys are already owned in your league, regardless. Chicago, or Charlotte is the side where we had a lot of guys that were sort of big-time maybes. Devontae Graham played 27 minutes off the bench as well, and he was very good. He played alongside Terry Rozier for stretches as the point guard. He was actually better by a decent margin than Terry Rozier, who ended up deferring quite a bit in yesterday's ballgame. I don't know that we can expect this to continue, in terms of, you know, is Terry Rozier only going to take 10 shots and these other guys are going to take a boatload? He's going to get his at some point. But it worked. They won. So you sort of push the reset button and try it again. Nick Batum hurt his finger in that ball game, but he was only playing 11 minutes and he just wasn't going to play that long anyway. And old man Marv had a fantastic game in 17 minutes off the bench. But again, you have to look at minutes. It's opportunity here. I don't want to say that anything in this game was a massive surprise because we went into this game saying, let's find out who's actually going to rack up the minutes in a competitive ballgame. And now we have a pretty good idea. Terry Rozier is going to play his 30. And this is probably the low watermark for him because if Devontae Graham isn't playing that well, he's probably not going to see 27 minutes and those probably go back to Rozier. Dwayne Bacon, excuse me, Bacon played 33 minutes and had the highest usage rate on the team. He took 21 shots and he's a guy that should definitely be on a fantasy team. Cody Zeller played 35 minutes as the starting center, and it's just a matter of time before he goes down with an injury, but you can trot him out there as a top 110. He's on the D-bombs. Make no mistake, he's on there. So, I mean, he's on the graphic I put out, and we talked about him on the podcast, but I'm also kind of bearish on him because we know what he is. He's going to play pretty well in stretches, it was really nice to see him get this much playing time, though. There just isn't another center on that roster. There's no one. There's nobody behind him. They have to go ultra small if he's not on the floor. So he's got the job. I'd love to see a steal or a block mixed in, but he's going to be a decent percentages guy. Points, rebounds, and usually a steal block type of thing. Miles Bridges played 32 minutes. Very low usage in this one, but a decent game. He had three blocks. Five boards, three assists. If he hits a three-pointer in this game, it's a brilliant one. So he's that close, and he's obviously a must-start guy. P.J. Washington played 37 minutes, team high, scored 27 points on seven three-pointers, which is probably not a stat he's going to duplicate all that soon, but he's another guy that should absolutely be on your roster. So as we're talking right now, go stop and make sure that Dwayne Bacon is on a roster, and make sure that P.J. Washington is on a roster. There's sort of no reason why they shouldn't be. They're getting the minutes. We saw it here in a competitive game. They're getting the minutes, so they should be on the floor for you. So that was an interesting game. I'm glad we assigned that one as a homework deal because as it turned out, I mean, I was really surprised to see truly five guys play giant minutes and then six played fantasy serviceable minutes. That'd be amazing if the Hornets really went short bench in a rebuild young team year. But maybe they're just not that high on guys like Malik Monk anymore. Maybe they just see him as exclusively a shooter, which is kind of what he looked like last year, but still so young. And maybe they're just leaning the other way. So Washington must own, Bacon must own, Zeller must own, I think. Mick Batum, I think you could probably cut him loose, especially if he's hurt. I wasn't playing that much anyway, but now he appears to be hurt. And then Devontae Graham is a guy I'm watching. I think you'll see him get picked up in some spots, but I'm not overwhelmed by it. Uh, Tristan Thompson played 33 minutes for Cleveland. I, I can't fully wrap my head around why, but he did. And... um. Yeah, so now you got that going on. 
which really throws a wrench into things on this Cavaliers team because then our guy Larry Nance Jr., who actually played relatively well but missed two free throws, capped out at 26 and a half minutes. They tried. I'll give them credit. They tried to create some fantasy value. Tristan Thompson had some. Uh, Chetty Osmond had a little. He was efficient at the very least. I'm not that high on, on Osmond. Kevin Love, very good rebounding game, didn't do a whole lot else. Darius Garland, he's the point guard, but I, I mean, it's. I think it'll be a bit before he becomes something. You could hang on if you want to. Colin Sexton, he's just scoring. He doesn't belong on nine category rosters. And then Nance, who I like. Meanwhile, and I thought this was interesting, Jordan Clarkson only played 18 minutes. He took 12 shots in his typical insane usage thing. I'd give him another game if he, if you're in a format where he makes sense, but he's not really a nine-category guy either. I'd drop him for a guy on his same team in Tristan Thompson, who apparently is going to play. Go figure. For the Orlando Magic, this was they treated this a little bit more like a blowout, so you didn't see particularly high minutes. Cleveland kind of came back late, but they did play their guys' big minutes. Uh, notes from that Orlando side, Terrence Ross, he didn't play that many minutes. He only was in there for 19 and a half. Is that going to be a trend? Jonathan Isaac got into foul trouble, but ended up kind of salvaging the game with some rebounds and defensive stats. Aaron Gordon is not a good fantasy player. Evan Fournier scored the ball relatively well, and then, frankly, they just picked on a bad team. Markel Fultz had 12.6 assists and a couple of steals. This is a good first game, kind of under the radar, which is exactly what his brain needs to be successful. And I think you keep a close watch on that. I'm not picking it up yet. But you certainly keep watch. Detroit at Indiana. This was the Andre Drummond show, to be sure. 32-23, three steals, four blocks. Yeesh. Luke Kennard came off the bench for 30. Derrick Rose came off the bench for 18 points and nine assists. Can Luke Kennard hit six three-pointers? Can he score 30 points on 13 shots every night? No, he cannot. Uh, Will Reggie Jackson only play 20 minutes? Probably if they want to win because he's not very good. And Derrick Rose, my case for sixth man of the year, Derrick Rose is off to a, a thrilling start. He should be owned, Derrick Rose, by the way. Uh, Reggie Jackson, I'm fine with you cutting bait on him if you have him. I, I, he's a guy that's not at all fit for nine category leagues and hasn't been for some time. I'm a little worried about what goes on with Kennard here. This feels like a high watermark, and then obviously Blake Griffin will be back in a couple of weeks. One note is that... Uh, I was trying to I tried to warn a couple of people on Twitter not to start Christian Wood just because he made the roster and Blake Griffin was out. Marquise Morris ended up playing, which basically rendered Christian Wood completely useless. For Indiana, Miles Turner, Malcolm Brogdon, Demonis Sabonis all played very well. Jeremy Lamb was eh, and then TJ Warren got hurt, as usual. So we'll see how long that's all about. Is a hip contusion, I believe, is the ruling right out of the shoot. So hopefully not too big of a deal. Uh, but I expect more from Lamb and or Warren going forward. This is a very front-court-heavy scoring operation. Kind of surprising, actually, given the, the whole Andre Drummond factor. But, again, these were guys that we liked. Brogdon was a guy we liked a ton. Sabonis was a guy we put out there. Miles Turner, very safe play. I like TJ Warren. The injury stuff is definitely concerning. Jeremy Lamb, I thought, would be better here, uh, at least until Victor Oladipo comes back. We'll keep an eye on that. Don't drop either of those guys. And I don't know that you need to race out and pick up Luke Kennard either, by the way, on the opposite side. Memphis at Miami. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas was on a minutes restriction. I probably should have benched him. I thought the minutes restriction would be like 20 to 23, but it was 16. So that was kind of a punch in the you-know-whats. Jaron Jackson Jr. played 30 minutes, managed to not foul out, but he did pick up five. That's going to be something we're worried about all season long. Tyus Jones outplayed John Morant as they split the point guard minutes. And frankly, Memphis just got outclassed by a Jimmy Butler-less Miami team. I know Memphis is bad, but this is pretty rough. That's a bad look. I thought they'd put up a better fight in this ballgame. I mean, very few people on the whole team looked good. Tyus Jones looked pretty good, and that was about it. And I think JV will be okay. Uh, Morant will be fine. Jaron Jackson will be fine. He probably got overdrafted a bit this year. And then Brandon Clark... Saw 23 minutes off the bench. He's a guy that I think we're hoping gets going sooner than later, but we'll see how the timeline on that goes. 
On the Miami side, Jimmy Butler was a late scratch with a personal issue, and so they just handled it fine. And in typical Eric Spolster fashion, he used a whole bunch of guys to do it. Kendrick Nunn played 26 minutes, first game of the year. Dragic, 25. Winslow, 37. He was the high water mark, 27, 7, and 7. Big game for justice. Olenek, 22. Harrow, 34. Adebayo, only 24 minutes. That was a little bit disconcerting, but it was a blowout. So maybe that's up a little higher in the future. God help us, it better be. But they didn't need these guys to close out the game, so turned out just fine. Uh, Bam's going to be great. Harrow's going to be solid if Jimmy Butler misses any more time. I think he's worth holding on to anyway. Kelly Olynyk was the guy I was curious about with this one. How does he fit into the plans? We had heard that they were going to bring him along slowly to start the year. What had always been the issue with Olynyk was James Johnson, and he's basically been cut for being too fat to play. I love Olenek this year. I think he could have a fantastic season. But I need his minutes to get up around 26. 22 is not going to get it done. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, I, I don't know that I'm buying into that one. I feel like that was very Jimmy Butler related, but he could have a decent season. Uh, standard leagues, probably not. Deep leagues, yes. And then Goran Dragic, this is a really nice first game for him. If he's going to show us that he's healthy. Decent usage, good results probably deserves a spot on a roster. And he's well-rostered in Yahoo already, but, you know, flip through your, your buttons there and find out if he's rostered in yours. Boston-Philadelphia should have thrown some damn coin on Philly. I know they're going to be really good this year. I think they're going to win the East. And I wimped out again. Um... Solid games all the way around. Tobias Harris got up to a really slow start. I made a Twitter joke about the buy-low window creaking open when he was like 0-3 for 3 in the first half with seven rebounds. Well, he ended up with a 15-15 and 15 double-double. Two three-pointers, two steals, four assists, six out of 11 shooting. His only problem was that he missed one of his two free throws. Ended up with a really nice night, and he's going to be solid. Good percentages, threes, not a ton of defensive stats, but just... An all-around nine-cat kind of guy. Josh Richardson looked really good with his new team in a lower usage role. Simmons, Embiid, Horford. I mean, having Al Horford on this team is just a total game-changer. I will give credit to those that told me that uh, Ty Bull could rack up a whole bunch of defensive stats. He got four of them in 21 minutes. Problem is, that's probably what he's going to be playing. It's very hard to rely on that in those types of limited minutes, but he does certainly have the profile to get D stats. For Boston, good to see Gordon Hayward get off to a really quick start. Jason Tatum, an inefficient 21, and then the rest of the team stunk. Kemba Walker, you got yourself a buy-low window on him if anybody panics on his 4-for-18 shooting to start the year. Uh, Ennis Cantor, I think he'll be better than this normally. He missed a bunch of his free throws. He's usually better. So you were looking at... What did he go? Two for seven at the foul line. If he's six for seven, he's got a 16 and six game, and that's all you could really ask for. Um, they just got wildly out rebounded, 62 to 41. Philly's just so gigantic that the Celtics stood no prayer on the glass. Jalen Brown got into foul trouble. I think he'll play more in future games. It looks like they also got some of their guys out in this one. Marcus Smart played 33 minutes off the bench. He should be rostered despite having kind of a bad ball game. So your guys on the Celtics are Hayward, Tatum, Smart, uh, Cantor, Walker, and then Brown is a maybe for me. I still don't trust his free throw shooting, even though they just gave him, what, $20 million a year? Minnesota over Brooklyn in overtime. Cat. Woof. Big one to start the year. Good to see Rob Covington come out strong. No defensive stats for Rocco, but that's okay. Uh, Jeff Teague, 14-3-4. An efficient start. And then Andrew Wiggins, who is rostered in 85% of Yahoo leagues for some reason, had 21 points on 27 shots, 8 rebounds, and nothing else. He is an atrocious fantasy player. No three-pointers made. I mean, I know he tried. Credit for trying, I guess. Kyrie Irving had a huge one as well. 50 in his Nets debut, but they lost. Torian Prince, hoop ball six guy, if you guys have not checked that out yet. 15-11, two steals, a block, and two three-pointers. He looked great with his new digs. Joe Harris played 39 minutes. Jared Allen got 36. I think you can cut safely DeAndre Jordan 
I don't think this is an anomaly. Uh, I, I think DeAndre Jordan got the the legacy contract, but this is Jared Allen's front court right now. And then all of my fears with Karis LeVert were found in this first ball game. He had a brilliant popcorn line, 20 points, five boards, four assists, and three steals. But one for four at the free throw line, five turnovers, and then the shooting percentage was actually not that bad, uh, but scares me that it could get worse. Those things frighten me. He's got this unbelievable game, but from a fantasy standpoint, he has negatives, and those are hard to adjust for in a roto format. The guy that really freaked me out, forget Levert, was Spencer Dinwiddie. He only played 18 minutes in this ballgame, and they weren't good. I'm going to give him one more game, but then I'm strongly considering moving on because they went heavy on the starters in this one. Kenny Atkinson wanted to win, and he failed to do so, but it was a good ball game. But this was Irving, Prince, Harris, Allen, and Levert heavily. The bench didn't have it. Maybe they will the next time around. Dinwiddie, I've got faith in you, man, but you're going to have to do it in the next game or two because there are too many guys floating around that I'd rather have that are, are performing here and seeing the minutes. We talk about the minutes. you got to have the minutes. Dallas is blowing out Washington, and then the Wizards came through with the almighty backdoor cover. Bradley Beal was ejected with a minute to go in this ballgame. I don't think he was treated... Uh, he didn't feel as though he was treated fairly shooting just 28% on 25 shots in his first game of the year. Thomas Bryant double-doubled, but uh, he made all six of his free throws, but not a whole lot else. Rui Hachimura, 14-10 and 10 in 25 minutes. Davis Bertans played 28 minutes. This team is a mess. They are a bona fide mess. Isaac Bunga played 23 minutes. All this to say... Isaiah Thomas is probably going to play when he comes back because the rest of these guys stink. You know, I just said go check to see if Goran Dragic is available in any of your leagues. Probably go look around and see if Isaiah Thomas is available in any of your leagues. My guess is that he probably is, far more than Dragic. He's injured right now. We don't know precisely when he'll be back, but the word is soon, which is not nothing. He might be better in, a, in an 8-cat or a points league format if he shoots high-volume 39% again, but, hell, people are rostering Terry Rozier, so take a shot. On the Dallas side, uh, usual suspects, Luka and KP, strong first games. Dorian Finney-Smith played 32 minutes. Delon Wright only 21 he was on his way to a well-rounded game. I'm going to give him more time before I cut bait there. Seth Curry, uh, I think if you drafted him, you can probably let go. He only played 19 minutes in the opener. And, and coming off the bench, it's hard to see him really carving out a massive role. Tim Hardaway Jr. can also be let go. And then Dwight Powell, you hang on to. Actually, maybe the one lesson in looking across this game is, one, Maxi Kleba played 23 minutes and took only one shot. Dwight Powell has a very defined role when he comes back. That's what we saw from this one. Dwight Powell's the guy they missed. He slides everybody into the right spot on the floor. Nobody looked like they were... I mean, obviously, Luca and KP were fine. But what we really saw is nobody else did much of anything, and I think Dwight's the guy to fill in that void. The Knicks, without Mitchell Robinson, still had plenty of front court players, so no problem there. Julius Randle, 25-11-6 with three steals. Don't get used to that number. Marcus Morris had 26 points in 39 minutes. He signed with New York over San Antonio for a reason. I think the reason is that they told him to go out there and have at it. He should be owned. Pick him up. This is not a fluke. He's going to get shots, and he's actually pretty damn efficient. My guess is that by the time you're listening to this podcast, he's probably picked up in a bunch of your leagues anyway. R.J. Barrett played well. He should probably be on a roster. Bobby Portis played well, and he's a question mark for me. Is he the guy that gets benched when Mitchell Robinson comes back? Because it's probably not Julius Randle. And then the minutes get a little bit tighter. Taj Gibson played 15. Maybe his minutes go down to almost zero. That's a question mark that I'd like to see answered before we make any final decisions on uh, Portis or Robinson. But I do think Marcus Morris, as kind of the power forward right now, 
Those minutes will come down, obviously, when Robinson comes back because it'll shave into everybody's a little bit, except maybe for Julius Randle. But yeah, I think you you could safely say that that Morris's profile is good enough, and Portis's profile is a little bit tougher to warrant. Dejounte Murray played huge for San Antonio, but he only played 24 minutes. Aldridge was great, as usual, old man style game. Rudy Gay was actually really good, but he only played 20 minutes. Trail Lyles was good in his 24 minutes. Derek White was not that great in his 22, and Demar Derozan played 31. Obviously, the point here, and Bryn Forbes by the way played 32 minutes in this ball game. That's something to watch. I'm not picking him up. I am watching him to see if he gets 32 minutes again. I am terrified by the fact that Derek White and DeJounte Murray basically just split the point guard minutes on this team. That is a bad look. It's what I was afraid of coming into the year. It's why I only ended up with one of either of those guys on all of my teams combined. I have one Derek White when he fell to like 130, and I thought, ah, screw it. 11th, 12th round pick, I'll do it, and I'm already regretting it. I am going to let it go for one more game, and obviously Murray played well enough. He put up the big numbers in his limited minutes, but I don't like the fact that they all each saw minutes in the 23 range. Let's see how this thing looks when San Antonio plays a more competitive ball game, and then we'll make our determination. Utah was competitive as expected, or excuse me, Oklahoma City was competitive at Utah as expected. I, I-, I like the-, the Thunder in this ball game, but I whipped out on that one as well. They ultimately came up a bit short. Chris Paul... In his season debut, 22 points, 8 boards, only 3 assists. That's weird. A steal, 4 three-pointers, 4 for 4 at the foul line. Gallo, 21-7. and seven. Shea had 26, but almost nothing else. Steven Adams struggled, 1 for 6 at the foul line. That'll kill you. 3 points on 1 of 8 shooting. He got Rudy Gobert right out of this ballgame. Uh, and then Nerlens Noel only played 4 minutes, which is sort of the typical... This is what happens when you're behind Steven Adams. I don't think you can sit on Nerlens. He's 28% owned in Yahoo leagues, and there's no reason for that. Dennis Schroeder, only three points on one out of eight shooting. I think in general he'll be better than that, and I do like the 30 minutes played for him. That's a good number. That's up there nice and high with Steven Adams, uh, Shea, Gallo, and Chris Paul. Nothing of real note on the Utah side. Donovan Mitchell, big game. Royce O'Neal played well in his 30 minutes. Could that be something? I'll believe it if it can continue. He went 6-for-6 from the field. He's not any usage. Boyan Bogdanovich was dealing with an ankle thing. He played 24 minutes, but he was pretty solid in them. And then Gobert was fine. Not great. Ingles was not very good. And then Mike Conley was also not very good. Utah is fortunate to have won this game. Uh, and it was largely because of Donovan Mitchell. I think your move here, if anything, is to just stand pat. Relax. You're not picking anybody up. You're not dropping anybody. Probably on either of these teams, although I would make the argument to drop Nerlens Noel uh, if you're sitting on him right now. No, I was about to go to the next game, and then I realized I forgot to talk about one guy, and that was Alfred Payton back in that New York Knicks game. You guys are probably screaming at your, your phone or radio or whatever right now and saying, why the hell didn't you talk about Alfred Payton? Um, because I, I don't believe that Dennis Smith Jr. is only going to play 10 minutes every game. Um, Alfred probably deserves to be on your watch list. I think someone's probably going to go pick him up, but he has a very narrow margin of error because he doesn't shoot well. He's not going to get five steals every night. He's probably not going to get eight assists every night. That's where he needs to excel, though, and he did, to his credit, here in this first game of the year. So I, I would say look around. He's probably not particularly heavily owned in your league it's only 15 percent in yahoo league so you can throw him on your watch list or if you have some garbage at the end of your team that you're ready and willing to dump out into the fray that's fine he's just not a guy that i've ever been all that high on and i'm not changing my opinion from one ball game but i get it because if he wins that starting job which he didn't have in this ball game Mind you, R.J. Barrett was the starting point guard. He ended up sort of playing a little bit more off-ball, and Peyton became the point guard. But it's damn hard to be one of two backup point guards on the same team. Again, Dennis Smith Jr., the other one, fighting for minutes behind Barrett. How do these bodies slide around? It's question. And Franklin Aquino, by the way, another backup point guard. So there's really three of them, and I think there's going to be a hot hand thing. Uh, if you don't have any moves limit in your league, fine, you know, blow one on Alfred and then be willing to drop him if he's terrible in the next ball game. Uh, but if that's something that actually does concern you a little bit and, and the person you're dropping has the better upside and the better path to minutes and opportunity, then yeah, you probably don't mess with it. 
Folks, I want to remind everybody again to check out that Game Time Premium, and I mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but I want to do it again. Uh, you got to get it, man. It's just it's the thing that you're going to use to to win your league. You drafted well or you drafted poorly, doesn't matter. Game Time Premium is going to be the guy that gets you up and over that hump. Also, we haven't mentioned it a little bit, but uh, check out mybookie.ag. Get back in there and check them out. See what they got. Use that promo code, T-O-D-A-Y, when you sign up. Because we're making bets now, guys. We're making wagers. And I'm talking about all of it. I, all of my leans, except for one, were pretty good on this one. I think the one lean that we ended up pulling the trigger on is going to be the one that craps itself. Uh, but we'll be doing this every single day. So play along with us. And then, obviously, once we get into the revenge angles, which is about a month into the season, that's when I'll start putting some money on stuff myself as well. Right now, it's mostly talking it through with you guys. And we can have a lot of fun with that together. Again, it's mybookie.ag. Promo code is T-O-D-A-Y. The word today, they will match your initial deposit up to $1,000. In the uh, relative surprise of the evening, the Phoenix Suns beat the daylights out of the Sacramento Kings. They were actually down in that game at halftime, if I believe. It was relatively close. They ended up winning by uh, basically 30, which is freaking nuts. Uh, Buddy Heald was the only king who showed up in this ballgame. Everybody else was terrible, including uh, our good buddy Rashawn Holmes, who did actually get close to the number of minutes we would want him to get, but... You know, the blowout, you sort of don't know exactly what was what. Uh, Over on the Phoenix side, we talked about the fact that they probably could have six guys with fantasy value, and it's going to be hovering near there. Ricky Rubio was excellent. Devin Booker was efficient, which is what we wanted with Rubio in town. Turnovers were a little bit lower. Kelly Oubre was great. DeAndre Ayton was solid. Uh, The only question was, did we get those extra couple of guys in the mix? And we really didn't. Dario Saric, just 7 points in uh, 22 minutes in this ballgame. Mikhail Bridges, about 21 minutes off the bench as well. So that is the question. Which of these guys is going to suffer? And in this one, it was Saric in the starting unit. And then with Bridges, he didn't get in there enough to make an impact. So that, I think, is something to keep an eye on as well. Uh, you're probably not making any moves based on just the one game, but I, again, I, you know, if either of those guys is the one that you're thinking about chopping, it would have to be Dario, just because his fantasy game is just not quite as nine-cat friendly uh, as that of Mikhail Bridges. Denver and Portland played a good one, and we got some uh, interesting data from this, and Nikola Jokic was in horrible foul trouble in the first half, so that's why his minutes were depressed in this ballgame. But Paul Millsap played his allotment of minutes. I mean, we didn't see the dial back, and, and maybe that was partly the Jokic thing, but I would have assumed Mason Plumley would have been the guy to pick up most of those. But Will Barton started, played 30 minutes, uh, and was fine, if unspectacular. Uh, Gary Harris started, played 34 minutes, and was not very good, but the minutes were there. Monty Morris, Malik Beasley did not play many minutes in this ballgame. Neither did Torrey Craig. The bench was relatively quiet, at least in terms of... You know, Craig had an okay fantasy game, but just in terms of opportunity, it was the starters for the Nuggets, and that's an interesting development. Uh, Over on the Portland side, Hassan Whiteside was brilliant in his Blazers debut, and he made his free throws. Kent Bazemore played the number of minutes we needed him to to be fantasy relevant, but only made one of his seven shots. Did have five steals, however, to sort of keep his night afloat, and you obviously hang on to him because, you know, like we said, we basically want him at 24 minutes or higher, and he basically got there. Uh, Zach Collins played 30 minutes, which means you got to keep him, even though his line was not particularly good. CJ McCollum will be better in the next one. Dame was solid. That's the usual stuff. Rodney Hood played a lot of minutes, but we know enough now to say that even if he plays enough minutes, he's not worth rostering on your fantasy teams. Uh, Before we get into the short Thursday card, I thought it would be good to talk to a guest. Ask and you shall receive the walk-up song. Beautiful. Yeah. That is beautiful, man. Now I am pumped. Yeah, like you weren't before. Now I am pumped. Like you weren't pumped before. I'm doubly pumped now, man. (laughs) Thank you. I am ready. I am up off my seat and I got it shaking and baking. I'm ready. Uh it's a Christopher Guest movie where the the line is uh, take it to 11, right? That's this is Spinal Tap. Am I getting that reference right? You are. Yeah. Yes, way back. Yeah. Yep. We're going back a little bit. I date myself, but I figured you'd get that one. Coach is very this is Spinal Tap. This is <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Dude, Absolutely. Dude, coach DFS today is a rousing success and I know, I mean, you've been pouring your ass into that with Mike and Andrew and it's just 
uh, it's got to feel pretty good to know that a truckload of people are listening to the show and we're only three days into the season. It, it's awesome, man. I mean, it's it really is. This is uh, it's the second day of the season, actually. So it's even better. Yeah, it's I mean, I, I truly believe that, you know, with with Hoopball and, and you behind the, the curtains here pushing all the levers to get everything going the right way and pushed out there. I mean, you do a phenomenal job and then fantasy draft stepping up, you know, really to sponsor and get behind the project. I I'm telling you right now, we have the best seven day a week DFS content, free content that's out there. So I'm loving it. And thank you to all the listeners that are, that are jumping in and just keep it coming, man. We'd love it. Please rate and review us. We want to keep our sponsors happy. Yeah, I um I don't usually get into the numbers on stuff because I feel like it's a weird thing to do. But the fact that like, so the show obviously was brand new. You guys did like five ish, five or six preseason, just sort of like get ready for the actual preseason shows, and then you guys had a show every day during the DFS preseason. Just in the time since the preseason ended, the show has uh tripled in listenership in in a couple of days i i just can't even i can't fathom how how high the ceiling is for this it's incredible and here's the bottom line and before we get into some of the stuff that's going on in dfs and you can kind of walk us through a little bit of that uh you guys are winning which is also pretty damn helpful to have a dfs show where people that listen actually go and win some money that that does not hurt one bit i mean to throw 13 and two on the record uh, on the board in preseason was outlandish. I, you know, I'm not sure there weren't many people giving content out there. I doubt anybody on the planet was 13 and two. And then we started off uh, with a winning night and uh, you know, there's an awesome slate in day two, uh, 11 game slate. And then uh, day three, we we're, we're going to go at it again. So yeah, we're recording yeah, during it's, it's day awesome. two, by the way, I'll throw that out there. We're recording as day two is happening. So we don't know the exact results of that, but uh, I mean, we had a contest on day one, so there's like there's legitimate proof out there that you guys had good lineups. Because didn't uh, didn't Andrew, your one of your hosts on the show, didn't he place second in the hoop ball first coaches challenge tournament? He did, man. He was trying to win the damn thing. So big shout out to Andrew Hansen, who won it. Also, Nan is known as at Language Olympic. I That's mean, right, man. It was won by Derek Robertson. It D-R-F-E-A-Z-5 is his uh, Twitter handle. And Derek uh, took it down, 60 bucks in his pocket, and a nice uh, fantasy draft T-shirt. So great stuff there. And Mm. uh, we're going to have this tournament every Wednesday, starting next Wednesday, October 30th. Uh, We we did it on a Tuesday to start off because it was uh, first tip of the year. But Wednesday, there's a much deeper slate, a lot more games to pick from. And, you know, we had we were pushing 50 people that jumped in it and we just, you know, sort of released the information 48 hours prior. But it's getting all kinds of attention on here. I think we're going to max it out at a couple hundred people before you know it. Yeah, I, I, you know, I have to admit that with stuff like this, I'm always a little bit reticent. But here's the cool part is that. For our buddies at Fantasy Draft, who have been outstanding partners for us in this DFS adventure, this is a great way to get some folks to kind of learn about them. It's an opportunity to get into a contest, which the uh, ball contest, isn't it? It's like a $2 buy-in, right? So it's pretty easy to get in that, and then you just win. It's winner-take-all? That's pretty wild. Well, no, it's it's not winner-take-all. Oh, okay. It's, uh, there's, it actually pays a ton of different, uh, out of uh, almost two-thirds of the people will win something oh wow so it's yeah it's spread out uh pretty flat so that you know again the, the main thing is you know get in there a lot of trash talk you know building some camaraderie <laughs> amongst uh the hoopball world out there and the roto radar world we have a lot of folks from both jumping in and you know a two dollar entry fee and you can you can enter up to six times we changed the rules on that because we want to let people that play multiple GPP lineups to put in, uh, you know, a couple different lineups. So, you know, for the two bucks, you get a flat. I, I finished in the middle of the pack. I, I got four bucks back. So I was thrilled. And and I beat Apatria by one spot. So nothing else matters to me. <laughs> but I beat Michael Apatria. That's at 
Mike Apatry on Twitter. Yeah, noted noted loser to the coach. That I beat him. That's right. Noted loser to coach Mike Apatry. You can put it in, <laughs> you can put it in his Twitter bio. This is it's just all so exciting, man. I didn't get into this first one. I'm really ashamed of that, but I've been just so bombarded. I I was up I mean, I'm working until one in the morning every day just trying to keep everything caught up around here. But I'm really excited to get in and into tournament number two. And you guys should be afraid, Coach. You and Mike and Andrew and also our forum guys, Miles and Andy, who are just doing an incredible job of getting info into the Hoopball forums. It's a daily DFS live thread with starting lineups and, you know, uh, projections. And they've got these systems that they're spitting out stuff for. We, we legitimately, like you said, have 24-hour DFS coverage. This is unbelievably exciting. Uh, but, Coach, you're on here to, uh, to do some promo, so I don't, I don't want to cut you off from that. What, do, what can folks expect on DFS today over the next uh, week or so? Uh, the next tournament you said was on Wednesday, and then uh, Fantasy Draft. I'm sure we've got some promos we got going on over there, right? We do. Uh, you know, they kicked off their, their slate on opening day NBA. They didn't do preseason, so they really uh, have some incredible contests. They have a $15,000 guaranteed daily they have a $30,000 guaranteed daily if, if you want to throw 25 bucks in the ring. Uh, I'm in that one tonight, so hopefully something shakes loose on that. Uh, so they have a bunch of great contests, um, and we're on every day or seven days a week. There's no off uh, dates for basketball for a long time right now. Uh, you know, so we've got, we've got coverage every day. And the awesome thing is you know, the strategy is working out terrific is we're – we're recording it the evening before so that, you know, you're releasing it late that night. And right. then this way, everybody, when they wake up that morning, they can listen on their uh, commute to work or during their day and, and take in all of the information and start building their lineups and then just stay stay tuned to, you know, Miles and Andy kicking butt on the hoop-ball.com forum with, with the constant updates. And then just follow us all on Twitter I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I, at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. And our, our man that we're bowing down to, Andrew, who finished second in the tournament, is at, tournament is in, at Language Olympic. And we, we post stuff all through the day, updates, if there's scratches, like Jimmy Butler was scratched in the, the game this evening while we're taping this uh, for personal reasons. Those are huge things. You got to stay on those because one guy like that can can ruin your lineup uh, or make your lineup if you put a value play in there. So we got it going, man. Wire to wire, 24-7, as you know, and uh, it's awesome. So uh, let me ask you a strategic question, and let me ask you a fun question. Strategic question. How far into the season do we have to get? And obviously, we're, you know, we're as of the time that this show is airing, we are two full days of games in, so we're still quite early. How long before you start to see the prices adjust to maybe a little closer to where they should be? Well, I generally, the last four years, I've had my highest profit time for the NBA in the first five weeks of the season. And I know that sounds like a arbitrary number five weeks, but I, you know, I track everything. And I, I anybody that plays DFS every day should, you know, track it, what you're playing, how much wins, losses, you know, run it like a, a little side business. Even if, you know, even if you're playing small amounts, it's great to know where you stand. And also it's great to, to play on fantasy draft because there's no rake. So, you know, that, you know, if you, if you play a head to head 25 bucks in, you get 50 bucks out. That's the way it should be where, you know, whereas the other sites you're, you're getting a lot more uh, percentage taken out and rake, you know, up to 14% on some of the sites. So, um, I, I totally lost my train of thought. So you, you, oh, five weeks. Yes. Five weeks. So yeah, generally, the, you know, it takes a good month for the, the sites to start adjusting because there's so much, you know, movement and this year more than any other with all the, the player moves. I mean, you could tell these guys were terrified setting prices, trying to figure out with all the moves, who you know, where the usage is going to be. And there's, there's a, a bunch of value plays uh, on the cards the first couple of nights so to answer your question in five minutes uh stretch here uh it takes a it. good you know four to six weeks that you can really take advantage uh, they'll start getting a little bit better you know as as the time goes and then 
generally, you know, four to six weeks in, they, they've got it down pretty damn good. I love, by the way, having a guest that gives a multifaceted and detailed answer, especially while I'm recovering from laryngitis. This is this is perfect, man. Don't kid we yourself. We got to get you healthy, man. I we know. Gotta, we got to get you going. I You're need to sleep. Important. I need to sleep. That's what need to happen, and it's not coming anytime in the ne- next uh, few days, at least. Maybe the weekend. Uh, okay, now I got a fun question for you. You guys have crushed it. You guys dominated the preseason again, thirteen and two. That's crazy. Um, and off to a nice start here in the regular season. What's been the biggest victory so far i feel like there's probably just once you get into the meat of the season you're never going to remember individual days but you have you had a couple of days in here where you were just like well that was a that was a lot of money (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i had a really uh i took down uh i was seven for seven in head-to-heads i like to i'm a cash player i don't generally play the big tournaments i like to go head-to-head or single entry, because there are a lot of good players out there that uh, will use the the uh, fantasy crunchers and spit out 150 lineups and mass enter tournaments. And that's fine. You know, that's there's if, if those that do that, that's a great way to make money. But it's not, you know, my deal. And I don't want to, you know, be one against 150. So I'll, I like to play where the, this, you know, it's even up. I'll take my best guys and I feel like I can beat anybody. So, uh, you know, I had a, a night in preseason here where I was seven for seven in the head to heads. And I also played two single entry tournaments. Uh, one had 57 and one had 114. Took first in the 57, Attaboy. second in the 114. And, you know, made, profited about $380, wow. $387, I think, which, you know, I was playing super light uh, preseason-wise because there's not nearly as many contests. So that was a, a big victory for preseason, and it was with some really bizarre players. That's what was fun is, you know, we had uh, – Mike and I had talked it through that that day on the show, and, you know, we came up with some some very obscure players – that other guys didn't know, like Daniel Gafford from the Celtics. Who, yeah, you're just making you know, people up now. No, he's he's the <laughs> backup center for the Celtics. And, you know, we had a bunch of guys like that in there and just crushed it. So it, it was fun. But now it's real, man. And tonight was uh, was awesome making a, a lineup with, with 22 teams playing. You know, it's a whole different world. Salary and value comes into play, and Go you know, it's it's yeah, it's it's even now it's it's real. So we it's it's been a lot of fun, and I think it's even going to get better. Well, I'm stoked. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm more excited about what you guys are doing than I am for the actual DFS itself, if that makes any sense. Um, but what I'd love for all of you guys to do is go to Google and search for Hoopball DFS today. It'll pop up. It'll be the first result. That's Coach and Mike and Andrew's podcast. It is exploding before our very eyes. Get in there. Check it out. Enjoy the fruits of their labor. uh, And then thank me later. Coach, I'm going to see if I can figure out a way to play you off the show also here with more (laughs) Earth, Wind, and Fire. Dude, that that would be great, man. That makes me so happy. I've been asking for it. Now we got it. Now we got to get our our listeners up and, and moving. I love it. Perfect. We'll talk to you in a little bit then. Thanks so much, Dan. Later, Coach. And that was our buddy Joe Sarvati, the coach, the man they call Coach DFS today, just blowing up at Hoopball, and I could not be more proud of those guys for the hard work they've put in and the results that they're getting out right now. Thursday card is a short one. A couple of teams with their season debuts. Uh, We're seeing Atlanta, Milwaukee, Houston, and the Warriors for the first time this year. Atlanta is in Detroit Pistons, after winning in Indiana, uh, laying just a point at home against a Hawks team that I think is actually going to be pretty decent in their season opener. Generally, you like to bet teams in their second game as opposed to teams in their opener. Uh, I don't know that I would take either one of these guys, but I would certainly lean to the Detroit side because they've had a game under their belt. But again, with the back-to-back, it's a little bit of a weird one, and and no Blake Griffin sort of going into Indiana. They picked on a team that was figuring each other out a little bit. Milwaukee at Houston. Houston is favored by two from a betting standpoint. I think that's kind of an interesting line. We like these home teams. The consistency certainly is on the Milwaukee side. This is one I'd probably leave alone if I if push came to shove. And then the Clippers are in letdown mode at the Warriors. Clippers favored by one and a half on the road. In terms of fantasy stuff, Atlanta is the team to watch. 
Uh, we have a pretty good idea, I think, of what to expect with the rest of these guys, with the exception, perhaps, of the Warriors' uh, front court. Is Kevon Looney going to play enough to be fantasy relevant? I'm going to watch as many of these games as possible, frankly, because most of them are not going on at the same time. Atlanta's super interesting. Uh, Detroit, you know, do we see Derrick Rose playing back-to-backs? What is Luke Kennard going to do as a follow-up? We just talked about him a few minutes ago. Uh, but Atlanta, beyond uh, Trey Young and and John Collins, there are some question marks as to who's actually going to do stuff on that team. So this is one where you got to be kind of ready at the trigger finger. Milwaukee, we understand how they're going to operate. Houston, we got a pretty good idea. Clippers, we now have seen one, so we're sort of in Mo Harkless watch. And then with the Warriors, like we said, it's the front court. We know Steph, D'Lo, they're going to be fine. Draymond's going to do his thing. There isn't a whole lot else beyond that, but there are efficient big man stats available and so that's why we're going to be watching Looney. Is he going to be playing enough? I do think he belongs on rosters, but we'll get a little more information on it then. Still, I think as you look at this Thursday card, the team you're watching uh, most carefully is definitely the Atlanta Hawks. There's no question about that. Uh, if you've enjoyed all of our podcasts here, please take a moment to rate and review the show. We'd love to keep getting those five-star reviews in. Subscribe. That's how we keep growing. That's how the world can learn of the wonders of fantasy NBA today. Follow me on Twitter at Dan Baspers. Follow Coach at Joe Sarvati, uh, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. I am, again, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Thanks, as always, to Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company, mybookie.ag, Game Time Premium over at hoop-ball.com. You can check them out at Hoopball Fantasy as well. And I want you guys checking out our team coverage at Hoopball. That's the last thought I want to leave you guys with. It's really brilliant. The great Mike Passador is putting articles together and they are, uh, they're just special, you know? And I don't know that they're all going to be about the teams you want. He's talking about Siakam in his last article. He's got an Anthony Davis piece coming out that you guys should definitely look into. Uh, that should be coming out today at tomorrow at the latest. So go check out the team coverage at Hoopball. That is also free as well. And if you want to get involved, hit me up on Twitter. We're still taking recruits over here, particularly if you want to cover a team. At Dan Baspris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. That is our big old Thursday show. Wednesday recap episode. Enjoy your day. We'll be finishing up the week tomorrow. This is how it goes now. We got games to talk about, and it's the best. Hit me up if you have any questions. I'm around. So long, everybody. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.